Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. While the world is all gloomy and full of despair, one thing that might help you is comfy loungewear. But I mean, it won't help with a war or, you know, a raging disease. But it will help you sit on your bottom with enjoyment and ease. Ooh, British boxers, they sell lovely pants and pajamas. Ooh, British boxers, which might help you deal with global dramas. Ooh, British boxers, they are a really nice sort so go check their range from t-shirts to boxer shorts British Box is a very ethically lovely loungewear and underwear company who just the other week went viral on Twitter for posting swears about Nigel Farage. So what more could you want? And with the code PARPOLBRO15, you get 15% off any order what you do on their site at British-Boxes.com. So don't just forget that while everything out there seems quite mad That some things might be pants and yet also not bad Oh, British boxers British box don't sell boxers So please don't try to buy any of your favourite boxing legends from their website Or they will ignore your email Barry McGuigan is not for purchase And we please stop contacting them to ask And welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that cleverly avoids scrutiny by just not having any listeners. I'm Tiernan Duyebin this week as the Prime Minister and hairy flip-top bin Boris Johnson insists yet again that work is the fix for the cost of living crisis. I assume he means as long as he's in his job at number 10, Johnson will save tons of money by letting all the public pay for his heating, redecorating and parties. A good tip is to talk about what you know, and Boris Johnson understands that, which is why he mostly says bullshit. Last week, however, he told his cabinet that crime, crime, crime is what we want to focus on, and that is really astute, as it is indeed what the government seemed to be best at. Was it Number 10's plan that during what they deemed Crime Week, it would be very hard for interviewers to know exactly which crime to ask Conservatives about? Was it their unnamed MP that was arrested on suspicion of rape? Whoever this man is, which, while much of the internet has its suspicions, it is genuinely hard to look at most Conservatives and work out which one isn't a likely sex offender. He has been asked not to come into Parliament while being investigated, which is our ruling house's way of saying, we don't want him being a wrong one here, let's let the public deal with him instead. Apropos of nothing, if you live in the area of Raleigh and Wickford, probably best to be careful. No reason, just forget I said it. Following this story, it was then revealed that another anonymous Conservative MP has been accused of spiking fellow MPs' drinks and a separate Tory MP woke up once to find his nipples being licked. 
There is nothing more Tory than having to date rape someone, is there? Because the very thought of consensual sex means someone else gets benefits and they are completely against that sort of thing. Those were two more to add to the former MP for Tiverton and man who still looks exactly the same if put in the wrong aspect ratio, go on try it, Neil Parrish who watched porn in the Commons, and that was frowned upon as the only type of exploitation allowed in the House is that of people in minority groups. And then of course you've got MP for Frome, David Warburton, a man with all of the energy of someone who tried to sell life insurance to the undead, who's under investigation for sexual harassment, and then of course former MP for Wakefield and Gomez Adams cosplay, Imran Ahmed Khan, who has just been sentenced to 18 months in jail for sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy while advising the government on child sexual exploitation. You see? Talk about what you know. Though while many of Khan's colleagues are appalled, though let's face it, it's probably less to do with him being a paedophile than the idea he actually spent time with a young person, MP Crispin Blunt, a terrible accident between a wood rat and an evil scientist, has said for the second time that the conviction against his colleague is a serious miscarriage of justice. There's a man that deserves a hard drive search, though they do say the worst offenders often want to get caught, don't they? Or just maybe all of these MPs have sussed that the best way to avoid the cost of living crisis is actually to be sent to prison, where the public will have to cover even more of their living costs than they can get on expenses. While you might think, wow, the Conservative Party is chock full of sex pests and creeps, you'd be right, but let's be fair, they're also great at breaking other laws too, and it'd be unfair to dismiss the entire party as only being one type of criminal and ignore their wide array of other law-breaking skills. The Met Police have concluded their investigation into the Covid rule-breaking parties at number 10 and have given out 126 fines across eight events, which I think you'll agree is world-leading yet again. Yet somehow neither Boris Johnson or his wife Carrie, whose entire face looks like it's developed to avoid having to look at people beneath her, have both evaded more fines. How? They were at some of the other events, so are we to assume they brought the mood down so much whilst there that it could no longer be considered a party until they left? Did absolutely everyone ghost them while they attended because the last thing they wanted was have to speak to those idiots outside of working hours as well? Or were Johnson and Carrie so off their face while in attendance, they were in fact also not there at the same time? Pictures were leaked of Johnson at an event on November 2020 uh, to ITV News. And these pictures show him holding a glass of booze with his red briefcase on the table, doing what appears to be cheers motions, or perhaps he's about to throw the drink away before condemning staff for holding an illegal event and calling the police. Ah, <laughs> who am I kidding? He is getting wasted. This was an event that Met fined people for, just not Johnson. But the story is already that that's because he only popped in for 10 minutes. I did didn't realise that was a clause in the law that you could attend illegal COVID rule-breaking events for just a very small amount of time, but perhaps it's like the parking ticket 10-minute grace period. You know, except in this instance, it'd be like taking a resident parking space and blocking in other people who really wanted to visit a loved one in hospital before they died, but couldn't because you've wedged them in like a number 10 party cheese box. It's very tricky to say without further information, but Boris Johnson did break the law at least once, and seven other parties took place at his home and work. So again, if you don't think he should resign for being a big crim, then he should at least step down, because what use is a Prime Minister who fails to even be responsible for his own party? Sue Gray, the political system's official researcher into the relationship between water and ducks' backs, should be releasing her long-awaited report in the next few days, possibly even by the time you hear this, and apparently it will name all the top officials responsible for the illegal events. Will it have the Prime Minister's name blazoned across it, or will it merely blame the young civil servants who had the gall to accept an invite to a party from the PM, rather than be middle-aged enough to say, no, sorry, I really have to stay at home, spend three hours skipping through TV shows I don't want to watch, and then just go to bed all sad. 
Or will the Prime Minister have coerced Sue Gray into making sure all she writes is Sue Gray did it, Sue Gray, sorry, before publicly resigning while crying about how she once made a joke about a party that didn't happen when she was 17 and therefore it's all her fault. The Prime Minister did have a secret meeting with Sue Gray to discuss her investigation. Maybe, possibly, Number 10 took ages to confirm it and didn't seem to have a clue about who arranged the meeting as though maybe Johnson and Gray just happened to bump into each other and have a chat, possibly at a party. Education Minister and man who took all his style tips from a cresshead, Nadim Zouahi, insisted that the Prime Minister would never intervene in the report, which is reassuring that there is at least one thing Johnson wouldn't interfere with. I guess exceptions to every rule in that, right? Number 10 then did admit that they initially suggested the meeting with Sue Gray, but then she suggested it herself afterwards, which makes you wonder if that's also how her report will go. They won't be revealing the minutes of that meeting either way, not least because it's very hard to type up the sounds different sizes of words of cash make when handed over. It's a real indication of how politics is in Britain right now that it's both very plausible that the Prime Minister did interfere with the report, but also that he has absolutely no clue if he met Sue Gray or not, or where he was, where he's been and when he last washed. Maybe someone should carry out an independent investigation into it. And this is an independent investigation from Sue Gray, of course, who everyone in government knows and says is great and has round for Christmas dinner and has 400 friendly nicknames for, like Excusing Susan or Sue Who Won't Report What's True or Get Away With It Great, probably. Rumours so far suggest much of the blame could be placed on Simon Case, a sort of pencil with teeth of a man who was originally meant to investigate the parties till it was discovered he was at most of them. Though I'd argue that once again, talk about what you know, right? You know what, it probably is Simon Case's fault as he's head of the civil service and no one dictates what happens at number 10 quite like the civil service, which is why the Prime Minister is talking about sacking 90,000 of them. Then it'll just be him and the cabinet doing everything all by themselves and I'm sure all the work will get done despite Johnson not having a clue what meetings he's at and with whom or even if they're parties or not. I really like the idea of a civil service-less government, but that's mostly because there's no way ministers would be able to push through their shitty policies by themselves, and it might give us all some breathing space while they spend months trying to work out how to use Excel, get their own lunch, or last a day without anyone to sexually harass. Will the full report be the Johnson-ending novella we're all hoping for, or just a four-page document with so many black lines through it, it looks like a shit optical illusion? Only time will tell, but if it has a forward by the Prime Minister and quotes on the front by various cabinet ministers saying, a thrilling read, I couldn't put it down, then I reckon it won't be worth reading the rest. One thing that is good is that while all this crime is happening in the Conservative Party, the Home Secretary and the human version of when you have something sharp in your shoe, Pretty Patel, she is going to give all volunteer police officers tasers. The idea of using my free time to work for the Met has never ever appealed to me, but now I know I can put on a fun hat and incapacitate a Tory MP before they lick someone's nipples, I might well sign up. The Department of Work and Pensions are also being given the authority to arrest and carry out raids on those who they think are committing benefit fraud, even though a good percentage of fraud carried out in 2020 and 2021 was due to errors by the DWP themselves. So, with luck, all this will mean is that Work and Pensions Secretary and walking bearskin hat Theresa Kofi will have to taser herself in the face. It's highly depressing that people who are already struggling to claim what they should be able to get may now be arrested for not filling in forms or dealing with staff who don't understand disabilities. But at the same time, I can't imagine the DWP will really be able to find evidence of fraud when they often can't seem to tell if someone has mobility issues despite being dead for six months. What they all need to realise, though, is that they wouldn't even need benefits when they could just work their way out of the cost of living crisis. Especially because if you work 24 hours a day, you'll never get to go home and you can just turn the heating off or even move out and save on rent by sleeping in your staff kitchen. You know, for Britain. 
Inflation is now at a 40-year high, so it's nice to know something in this country is actually doing well and overachieving. Finally, back on the leaderboard. You go for it, inflation, coming back against all the odds like you're a cheesy song sung by a grinning beardo in a jumpsuit. Actually, you'll be pleased to hear it's not only inflation, but also billionaires who are doing great right now, with 177 of them in the UK compared to just 29 in 2010. Who says the Conservatives don't help minority groups? While he's not quite there, the Chancellor Rishi Sunak, a man who still has a reward star chart on the home for when he brushes his teeth properly, has now joined the UK's rich list with his wife as they have combined wealth of £730 million, placing them at position 222, which is really impressive for two people who supposedly don't even live in the country. Sunak is the first frontline politician ever to join the rich list, and while many would complain that it shows yet again just how out of touch the Chancellor is, you know, with real people, I'd say actually it shows that it means he knows about money. And that means he's the only member of the cabinet who gets at least one element of their job. Sure, Sunak understands money in the same way the selfish giant understands gardening, but still, I mean, it's something, isn't it? And that is, that is really all we've got right now. To show how much he is in touch with people though, Rishi Sunak told the Confederation of British Industry that it would be a tough year ahead. Now it's not certain if he meant due to inflation or his constant dilemma about which of his houses to be in or which country to pretend he's a resident of. The Conservatives voted overwhelmingly against Labour's motion in the Commons for a windfall tax on energy companies, but you have to remember it's not just because they're in the pockets of big oil and gas and would much rather you die of poverty than make John Shell and Claire BP lose money, but it's also because it was a Labour motion and they never vote for those regardless of what they are. But also they would rather you die of poverty than make John Shell and Claire BP lose money. Yet the government haven't ruled out the idea of going ahead with a windfall tax at some point, and the Prime Minister said there is more they're going to do to help people. We'll just have to wait a bit longer to see what it is. How long? I'm guessing till everyone's frozen to death and they don't have to help anyone anymore, or we've already paid all our savings in heating bills, and now it's just four weeks till a general election, so they have to do something to not seem like absolute arseholes. Johnson said the government were going to put their arms around people to help, but I think considering all the allegations against MPs right now, it'd be more welcomed if they just cut bills, thanks. Former Chancellor and always walking wax cylinder George Osborne has suggested a way out of the cost of living crisis would be for the government to send all people in poverty a cheque, because he's like a shitty boyfriend that will step in when he sees someone mistreating his ex, as that was his job. What he didn't say, though, was how much the cheque should be for, but I'm guessing Osborne would go for a minus figure so they end up owing him money. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, who I'm certain jumps every time the phone rings, is certain she isn't breaking the law as she promises a legal statement soon on her plans to override the Northern Ireland Protocol. At least she's not breaking UK law, but you know, international law is for foreigns, right? So who cares? The US are warning against any meddling with the protocol that will threaten the Good Friday Agreement, saying it could affect any trade deals the UK has with America, while the EU is saying they will use all measures at its disposal. But you know, those measures will be in the metric system, so there's every chance Trust will refuse to acknowledge them until they do them in feet and pounds. It's hard to know what the game plan here is for the UK, if there is one at all. Will they back down last minute so it looks like they've tried, or are they just hoping for a trade war with anywhere, and then absolutely no one will have a clue if Brexit was bad or not, as now we have no deals anyway. Meanwhile, the culture secretary, so-called because she shares most of her DNA with vaginosis, Nadine Durries, admitted when talking to the select committee that she shares her Netflix account with four other households, despite that being against their terms and conditions. Considering that she wants to privatise Channel 4 to make it more like Netflix, she thinks she doesn't realise that everyone can get Channel 4 on their tellies and is still angry that she can't find a password to give to her mum. When asked how many people in a consultation agreed with privatising Channel 4, Dory said it was 96%, when in fact it was 96% that didn't agree. I have a feeling that she's previously taken an IQ test and acts like this because she really assumes the results mean she's a genius. 
Crime, crime, crime and not a drop to drink because no one has had a chance to take the suitcase to co-op with that Sue Gray meddling. But could all of this be part of the government's big plan? I mean, Britain is a country with history of years of stealing stuff, pillaging and ignoring international laws. So could it be that the Conservatives are about to promote themselves as the most patriotic government ever? Or perhaps the idea is that they'll taser all the Gropey MPs, back down on Northern Ireland Protocol and insist Simon Case done all the parties by himself and then make him leave and suddenly the crime rate is low again and they've done stopped it. Hooray, the Conservatives have stopped all the crime, they're the most crime-stoppingest politicians. Meanwhile, the public don't realise what's going on as they're too busy working so they don't have a Tory MP doing a reach-around on them. In other news, MP for South Northamptonshire, Andrea Ledsom, who I bet wears gloves to shake hands with people even before the pandemic happened, has done the unlikely thing of giving the country a glimmer of hope by warning that Parliament could burn down any day. The Palace of Westminster is still in urgent need of renovation that could cost up to £13 billion and it's under risk of fire or a flood of sewage, you know, more than the one that's usually spewed out during debates. I think all MPs should have their offices relocated to uncomfortable cramped hotel rooms while promises of removing flammable substances last at least four to five years before anything actually happens. Or, you know, just keep MPs in there and if they don't escape a fire, it's because they clearly lack common sense. Isn't that right? Boris Johnson's dad, Stanley Johnson, who looks like if someone had badly taxidermised his son, has secured French citizenship to retain ties with the EU. People have criticised this, as you know, his son did Brexit, but I reckon it's a very smart move from Stanley, as once we hit a trade war with the EU, he can go to France and won't ever have to see his son again. Celebrity irritant Jamie Oliver, with his face like an extra from the Polar Express, has accused Boris Johnson of using the cost of living crisis to distract from tackling obesity as they U-turned on halting buy one get one free offers on junk food. He's insisting he doesn't want people in poverty to have to pay even more for food during a recession, but that is very much what it sounds like. Oliver protested outside Downing Street against what he calls the Eaton Mess by, yes, holding up an Eaton Mess, which is exactly the sort of dish he's saying people shouldn't eat, and then he waved it around instead of giving it to someone who might need it. I do wonder if Oliver just hates bog off, because that's what most people say to him when he turns up looking smug and waving a dessert at them that they then aren't allowed to eat. Scottish First Minister and early rejected draft for the film Turning Red, Nicola Sturgeon, has tested positive for Covid two years after everyone else did, meaning that she is now self-isolating. Still, I'm sure she'll enjoy the independence. The First Minister travelled to the US last week and is now being criticised for sending a negative message to women in Scotland after being pictured by an American politician who campaigned against overturning Roe vs Wade. But it is tricky, as Sturgeon might not have done her research and if he just approached her by saying choose life, she'd have assumed he was a fan of Irving Welsh and therefore an ally. And lastly, we look to the other side of the world for some hopes as to how things could be. And no, I don't mean the upside down, where even trailers of Stranger Things Season 4 look less bleak than the UK right now. I mean Down Under, in Australia, where voters elected the first Labour government in over a decade, with small owl Anthony Albanese, or Albo, becoming Prime Minister, replacing the Liberal Party's fuggler of a man, Scott Morrison, who wasn't doing enough or well anything to tackle the effects on the country by global warming. He did concede to the new Prime Minister, but it might take Morrison a while to understand how people could actively affect the political climate. The Australian Labour Party actually got a smaller vote share than the last election, but it was votes for the Green Party and Independent Greens that swung the vote their way, because Australians are really concerned about climate change, and it's looking like Albanese will just about have a majority government. He says he will end the climate wars, so hopefully for Australia he means a plan for renewable energy and climate action, rather than, you know, just surrendering and losing. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, 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 I would love to talk more about Australian politics and make better jokes about it, but I am completely clueless to all knowledge of what any of it means other than, haha, Scott Morrison's gone and he once shot himself in a Burger King. That is uh, kind of the extent of my knowledge. At some point, maybe I'll ask someone clever to come on the show and talk about it. That would be good, wouldn't it? I should probably that. Um, I do understand that all the press uh, in Australia were pro-Liberal Party with the full weight of the world's richest testicle Rupert Murdoch behind them, but Labour still won. So I think there is hope for change, uh, possibly even here. I'm not saying great change, you know, uh, considering our options, but hey, any change is as good as a rest, right? Well, unless it's an awful change, it's probably more exhausting. This is why I don't write idioms. They sort of have too many caveats if I wrote them. Like, like the one I said uh, in the intro bit, there's an exception to every rule. I'd have to add, but I'm not sure if that includes the rule that there's an exception to every rule or not, because isn't that a rule, therefore isn't there an exception to it, which would then mean... Oh, it's, it just gets too complicated, doesn't it? Um, so it's just that bit, just the intro bit this week, uh, because I don't know how to manage my time properly. And also, let's face it, the Sue Gray report is probably going to come out the very second this show releases, therefore rendering everything in it completely out of date within seconds. So uh, this week, I will just quickly say thanks to uh, Connell, Stephen and Loretta for the Kofi donations. Thank you, tons and tons. Um, and you can do that as well at uh, ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro, or even go one better and send over uh, one pound a month you know, even just one pound a month uh, to the patreon.com forward slash parpol bro as all of it helps this show happen uh, even if it is just a short version of the show because I can't understand my own diary. I don't actually have a diary. I'm not in the past. It's a Google calendar, obviously, because I'm more than happy for Silicon Valley to know when my complete lack of work is happening. And that's right, it's every day. Uh, so yeah that's it uh, any other business um, you've watched that Mary Black speech in the commons right um, that's really good so says everyone you probably watched that oh uh, I've started a TikTok page because I was procrastinating from doing other work um, so far I'm only putting up old stand up clips because I haven't really filmed any new ones and I'm being lazy but I might be more imaginative soon so if you're on there f- find me on it uh, I think I'm the only TNND although weirdly as an old TNND account that I can't remember how to get into um, so it's not that one uh, yeah so anyway that's it uh, except for 
and that is all for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. If you like this show, like this show, yes, this show does like itself because it's all about self-positivity and audio confidence. Uh, what of it, right? If you like this show, like this show, then do tell others to like it too, even at the expense of liking themselves because, frankly, this show is more important. Why not also fund what is increasingly, as I'm saying, it sounding like the beginnings of a cult led by a podcast by donating even £1 a month to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bro, or by doing a one-off thing to the ko-fi.com forward slash Bro site. Also, there's been no reviews for this show for ages on Apple Podcasts or even on TripAdvisor as somewhere nice to take your ears for a spin. So do pop over there and chuck it at five stars. Eh? Arigato to Acast, my bro, the last skeptic, and Cat Day. And this will be back next week when the Sue Gray report reveals the main person responsible for Partygate, and it's Rebecca Vardy. Bye! This week's show is sponsored by Crime, Crime, Crime. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.